Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Time for more phone calls. Bob Shoes and in for Greeny. ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app on your smart speaker as well. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear hotline. And by the way, later on tonight when you're watching the draft, that Greeny will host. That's why he's not in yesterday, today, or tomorrow. So I'll be back tomorrow. It's great. Get to host the show and talk about the draft after it happens for a couple of hours as well. Uh, aerial coverage later on tonight when you're watching the draft will be provided by Goodyear. A new road begins on draft day. Goodyear. More driven. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Mike Tannenbaum joins us at the bottom of this hour. So our resident general manager, he was on all morning with KJZ. I'll have a chance to talk to him as well. But right now, back to the telephones. Pat in New York's been patient. He joins us next here on ESPN Radio. Hey, Pat. Hey, how's it going, Bob? Um, so um, I just wanted to say um, I mean, I'm very excited for the uh, Zach Wilson pick as a Jets fan. But the only way that he's going to succeed with the New York Jets, and we've seen it time and time again watching them and being at MetLife Stadium, they need to build this offensive line. So a guy that I would love to see them go up and take if he's still there around 16 or 17 is I would love to see them package up some picks for uh, Vera Tucker, the uh, guard out of USC. Yep. Um, they need to build that offensive line for him. And you know what? I mean, I don't. I know that it's not Joe Douglas's way, but I mean, I would give up the draft capital for that. Oh guy. no, that is Joe Douglas's way. Like I, I, I said this to Greeny last hour. I'm not sure if you heard it. He joined us, and we had this exact discussion that the Jets are in a position where, and I, someone who would know told me, not specifically about moving up in the first round tonight, but just philosophically how they are approaching the next couple of drafts. They've got, I think, 21 picks over the next two seasons in total. If I did the math right in my head, I think it's 21 total. I don't think they're taking 21 players. That was what I was led to believe. Meaning, they have the ammunition when they see a value to try and jump up and spread some of those picks around to other teams and get a guy. And Vera Tucker is absolutely the kind of guy that if he is available 14, 15, 16, somewhere in there, and the Jets are back at 23, that's when they start to make telephone calls. I don't know if they can get all the way up to 13 or 14 to get them. That's a 10-spot jump in the first round. That's a lot. You'd really have to give up a lot to move 10 spots. But if he gets into the late teens to around 20, would they move up three, four, five spots to go get him? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think they absolutely would, and I think they'd have the ammunition to go do it. Kenny in New York joins us next here on ESPN Radio. Hey, good morning, Bob. Um, I just want to double down on what the previous caller said. Not only should the Jets get an O-line with the second first-round pick, but at the 34th pick, they need to go O-line too because, one, um, you're going up against three pretty good defenses in the AFC East, and your only shot is really going to be to build your offensive line. And number two, I think there's a good chance you're going to see a cap casualty need fall to the Jets. What do you think with that, Bob? It, it, that's all possible. Uh, what I would say is for them to take an offensive lineman at 23 and 34, they would have to see such a value pick there. Like a guy that they've got five, six, seven, ten spots higher on their board that they're surprised is still available to not then maybe draft a receiver draft one of the running backs, draft a corner, even a pass rusher if one of those guys slips down far enough. I think by the time you get to 34, though, they'll have enough needs that if they took an offensive lineman in the first round or traded up to get one, they might go in a different direction at 34. But say just for the sake of argument, they've got a guy like Tevin Jenkins, and he's on their board somewhere in the 20s, and at 34 he's still there. Yeah, they could definitely take him. 
This general manager is an offensive lineman. And that, that's what he was. That's what he is. He played offensive line in college. So he knows the value of putting a brick wall in front of a quarterback. He also, for the last two years, watched with his own eyes the third pick in the draft running for his life on just about every Sunday afternoon. But what happened in the Super Bowl? We watched the best quarterback on the planet. There's nobody out there that anybody would ever trade Patrick Mahomes for, right? He's the best quarterback on the planet. How did Kansas City look in the Super Bowl when they couldn't block for him? How did he look in the Super Bowl when they couldn't block for him? I mean, we're in an era in football where it's all about fantasy football and PPR and racking up stats. And the guys that know this game, the guys that pick players, still know this is a line of scrimmage game. If Team A can't block Team B, Team A is dead. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. doesn't matter who all the other guys are. If you can't block the other team, you have no chance. So I would say this about the Jets. Between the 23rd pick, a possible trade-up, and the 34th pick, I would be stunned if at least one of those two picks wasn't offensive linemen. Will both be an offensive lineman? I wouldn't hate it if it was, but they have so many other needs. I don't know if they're going to go with both offensive linemen in those two spots. But yes, for all the different predictions I've seen about where the Jets might go, I definitely like them getting another guy to block for Zach Wilson with one of those two spots, 100%. Tyler in Texas joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Tyler. Hey, how we doing? Um, I just wanted to say it goes pretty far back about the um, Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco's golden touch. I think he does have a golden touch. The only problem with Jimmy Garoppolo and giving him that money is they couldn't foresee his injury concerns. Well, you got you got to protect him then. I mean, two years ago he played sixteen games, right? And you gave him seventy four million dollars guaranteed. I mean, is is that not on the team that is charged with protecting him and keeping him upright? Yes and no. I think he's an injury-prone guy, but I do believe that they do need to bolster up their offensive line. I just think that they are validated in giving him the 72 um, because his golden touch is a quarterback golden touch, not an offensive line golden touch, to be fair. Well, we'll see. Well, I, well you know, there, there is no quarterback golden touch unless you have an offensive line golden touch as well. I mean, if you are constructing this overall offense, and that's what everybody talks about with Kyle Shanahan, his offense – is the cutting-edge offense in the NFL. All right. Been below 500 three out of the four years. Now, granted, there was a rebuild going on. I'm, somebody who watches the Jets every Sunday, I know what a rebuild looks like, and it's ugly while it's happening. But that rebuild peaked two years ago when they got to the Super Bowl, and now they are going away from the quarterback that got them there just because he got hurt last year. He was hurt before that. I got it. But – Let's see what they get for Jimmy Garoppolo if they trade him. And if they do trade him, I think that's the sign that they're going to go get Mac Jones. Let's try to squeeze in Brian in New York. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Brian. Hey, good morning. Um, My question is regarding the quarterbacks. Um, I mean, I'm a New York Jets fan, and I'm I'm okay with Zach Wilson. I don't know quarterbacks all that well. Uh, A lot of the recent buzz has been about how great Justin Fields is and wondering how he could possibly be dropping to – perhaps the fifth-picked quarterback. I wonder if San Fran does not pick Justin Fields and the Jets do not pick Justin Fields, does that mean that three teams with experts are all wrong about Justin Fields or that they just think the other guys are better? I'm just wondering if that says anything about Justin Fields if the first three teams pass on him. Sure. 
I mean, if, if they're if the top four quarter uh, teams all take quarterbacks, which is not something that's totally out of the realm of possibility, then the, the common line of thinking is none of those four are going to be Justin Fields. Now, Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith went into their draft, however, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, 14 years ago, where everyone thought about a month or two beforehand, Aaron Rodgers might be the first pick in the draft. It turned out to be Alex Smith. Aaron Rodgers slid into the 20s. Think Green Bay got it right? I mean, just because all of these talent evaluators and all of these teams think that Justin Fields is the fifth of these five guys, someone could get a gem and Justin Fields could prove them all wrong. That's the beauty of the draft. It's the beauty of the opportunity Justin Fields is going to have out in front of him. He could end up being the best quarterback of this whole group. He could be the most explosive, dynamic player of this whole group. He'll get a chance. I mean, he's not going to get out of the top 15. The Patriots need a guy at 15. Even they just sit there. I'd be stunned if he got by 15. So he will be drafted in the top half of the first round. And whatever team takes him the top half of the first round, you better believe he's going to go play. Triple eight, say ESPN. Triple eight, seven two nine three seven seven six. More of your calls and Mike Tannenbaum at the bottom of the hour. Bob Wachusen in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. More at progressivecommercial.com. Bob Wachusen in for Greeny. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bottom of the hour, Mike Tannenbaum to talk about tonight's NFL draft and everything that could happen. Your calls between now and then. Let's get as many in as we possibly can because a lot of fans want to talk about the draft tonight. Goes without saying. Let's go to, I think, uh, Cole in North Carolina has been waiting. He joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Cole. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to talk about the Panthers real quick. Let's say they got Mac Jones as their guy at number eight and the Niners take him at three. What do the Panthers do then? Do they take the best player available or do they go with another quarterback like Fields or Lance? Thanks for taking my call. All right, I appreciate it. I, I don't think the Panthers are taking a quarterback. I mean, I've heard that theory floated. I think they traded for Sam Darnold because they think Sam Darnold can still do this. So unless they've got Zach Wilson drop all the way to him at eight and the Jets shock the world and they've got him as like the first or second player on their board, my personal opinion is I think they traded for Sam Darnold because they're not expecting any of the quarterbacks that they think that highly of to get all the way to eight. And they knew they needed a solution at quarterback and they believe in Sam. So I think they're going to do one of two things. I think they're going to take the best player available that's not a quarterback or if a couple of those guys slide, they could be in the catbird seat. If you're Carolina, you've got your quarterback box checked with Sam Darnold, and all of a sudden Justin Fields and Trey Lance are both on the board at eight, your phone will ring. Someone is going to call you to try to move up. Will they be able to give you enough to make it worth your while? Or could you take Panay Sewell if he's still there? Or one of the wide receivers, give Sam Darnold another weapon. Rashawn Slater maybe to give him a bookend tackle. There's a lot of ways that Carolina could go, but I love where they're sitting at eight. I think Carolina and Detroit both, if they believe the quarterbacks they both currently have, have enough gas left in the tank that they don't need to take one of those guys, they could mortgage either the seventh pick or the eighth pick, drop back, get a lot more for those picks than maybe they would normally even be worth because one of those quarterback needy teams might come up and overpay for a Lance, for a Justin Fields, or whoever, or even Mac Jones if the Niners don't go with Mac Jones at three. Let's go to Gerard in Connecticut, who joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Bob in for Greeny. Hey, Gerard. Hey, Bob. How's it going? Uh, Good. Displaced Lions fan out here in Connecticut. Uh, I'm. Do we take, say, somebody does offer us a King's Ransom to jump up to seven if for Trey or Justin if they're available, or, or do we need, like, the quitty pay or um, the kid from Northwestern? Yeah, you're not, you're do, not do taking quitty pay. Like that? I don't think you're taking quitty pay seventh. I don't think any of the defensive players warrant that. But if Panay Sewell is there, how do you go wrong? Like, how do you go wrong with either dropping back and getting someone to overpay to go to seven to get a quarterback if you decide you don't need one, or you get the best offensive lineman in the draft? I mean, to me, it's a win-win. I don't know how you would criticize either of those decisions. So, again, Detroit, Carolina, right in front of Denver. Now, if there are a couple of quarterbacks still on the board, Denver's got their pick of the litter. I think they'll take one. You know, I would think they would take Trey Lance, maybe even Justin Fields. But I think the teams that are at seven and eight, you know, I mean, I, I don't see the Bengals or Dolphins trading out. They could, but it would take a lot to get up to five or six. You know, there's a lot that could happen. Obviously, this all begins with what San Francisco does at three. Let's go to James in New York. He joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Bob Wachusen in for Greeny. Hey, James. 
Mr. McChusen, how you doing? Good. Always good to hear your voice. Doing an excellent job stepping in for Greeny. I wouldn't want to hear anybody else besides you, pal. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you as well. Um, I was thinking about the Jets and their draft. We know where they're going with number one. But Robert Seller has not seen, you know, and he, he gets to see the staff. He's not been there yet. But C.J. Mosley is almost like a draft pick for him. He's coming back onto the field. He was injured a couple of years. I think he got two years left on his deal. Does he add or detract? Do they look for him as trade bait? Do they? I, I think that he's an incredible player. Yeah, they can't yet, trade him. They, they, they can't trade him. I mean, he's a $17 million player who hasn't played in two years. You know, he has to play for them. There, there's no way they're moving that contract. So do I think he can add to this defense? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think. I'll be very curious to see what he looks like after a couple of years of not playing, he got hurt two years ago and barely played the whole season, and last year opted out. So you're talking about a guy that hasn't played in two years making $17 million at linebacker. He's not getting traded. You can't, there's no market for that. But if he is hungry and ready to come back and in shape, yeah, I mean, he could definitely add a lot to their defense. Mike Tannenbaum, his thoughts in just a moment. You can get a true real break with HelloFresh, by the way. HelloFresh lets you skip the grocery store, the crowds, the traffic, the hassle without sacrificing delicious meals. These are whole restaurant-quality meals made with fresh pre-portioned ingredients. Then you can prepare them in as little as 20 minutes. HelloFresh sends all the ingredients right to your door and delivers them contact-free. With more than 25 chef-created recipes to pick from each week, you will never run out of meals to try. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12 or use the code Greeny12 to get 12 free meals including free shipping. That's code Greeny12 at HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12. It is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear hotline, and that is exactly where Mike Tannenbaum will appear to talk draft when we come back. Bob Oshusen, in for Greeny, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Bob Oshu's in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. It is Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. 
And as promised, time for Breaking Moves with ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. A reminder, the NFL draft is tonight on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern coverage gets underway. And part of our ESPN Radio coverage tonight will be our resident general manager, Mike Tannenbaum, who joins us now on the Goodyear Hotline to talk about the draft tonight. And uh, Mike T, I figured maybe at this point, having heard you this morning, having heard you for the last several months, I would get to maybe the only topic that no one has touched on you with. the Like, where do you think Jacksonville's going to go in the sixth round? I think that might be how deep we now have to go <laughs> to get to the point where there's a player maybe at this point you haven't talked about heading into tonight. Or we could go into, like, you know, the – you know, top 20 for the 2022 draft, right? <laughs> Absolutely. When does your 2022 mock come out? Yeah, soon after Bell and Todd. I'll tell you what's interesting. Todd McShay threw a wrinkle into the discussion with him having uh, Trey Lance going to San Francisco at three tonight. So that's certainly worth discussing at some point. No question. That was actually where I was going to jump off. I said this to Greeny last hour. What is better than the fact that the draft is tonight? San Francisco has the number three pick. We've got Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, who spend their whole lives doing nothing but preparing for tonight, coming up with big boards and making predictions based on all the calls that they have made and all the context they have and all the nuggets they try and dig up. And those two guys have a different move being made by San Francisco, different guys at three, both of them, and the draft starts in like, you know, eight hours. It, it's like, it, it just, I think, and I heard you say this on KJZ earlier today, that's just a little window into what the draft becomes, right? It's just, you know something crazy is going to happen. Yeah, Bob, if we were talking 24 hours from now, something crazy will happen, and that's what makes it uh, so much fun and interesting. And we know San Francisco's taking a quarterback. They gave up two ones and a three. I said along with Matt Jones, I think he's just like Matt Ryan, someone that Kyle Shannon has had a ton of, successful with, with that Atlanta and uh we're gonna see what happens I think Trey Lance is fascinating but he only played one game this year Bob and that was at the FCS level yep I'm, I'm with you I think I think you can make an argument it should be Trey Lance but I agree with you I think that more of the plug and play known entity is Mac Jones so I guess I'm gonna put you back in you know the the center of the the universe when you're an NFL general manager and you're on draft night and let's say you're sitting at seven or eight you're Detroit, you're Carolina, you may have already checked your quarterback box. Detroit made a trade, Carolina made a trade, they both have established NFL starters in place. Maybe they would draft a quarterback. I mean, I know you have you know, endorsed maybe even Justin Fields if he dropped to Carolina, them taking Justin Fields. But let's say just for the sake of argument, you now are in a position where the phone starts to light up and you're Detroit and teams that need a quarterback that are in love with one that's still on the board want to come up. How many phone calls can you squeeze in while you're on the clock, and what are you looking for if you're Detroit or Carolina to trade out if one of those teams that needs a quarterback in the teens wants to come up? Yeah, well, first of all, they both deserve credit because you want to operate from a position of strength with both Detroit and Carolina can do now that they have both Jared Goff and Sam Darnold in Carolina. So, you can operate from a position strength, meaning if you get the right deal, you could do it, but you don't have to. And to go back, I would say, you know, I've talked about this for a while now. New England to Carolina to me is interesting because for next year's one, that to me is a win-win because now 
If you're Carolina, you come out of with Sam Darnold, the 15th pick, you still get a really good, uh, presumably, you know, they could go a couple different ways, but I would go offensive tackle for them. Um, and next year's one, you owe the Jets a two and a four. If you're New England, you're paying a lot less of a price than San Francisco just did. How about Detroit? If there are quarterbacks on the board, do you think Detroit is a team that would look to trade out? Or if you're sitting there and maybe Penny Sewell drops that far, are you just saying, you know what, the best offensive lineman's on the board, I'm just taking them? Well, I have a chance to work with Dan Campbell, and you're exactly right, Bob. He's a big, strong, tough guy, and that's the way he wants his team. And if Penay is Sewell there, I think it'd be hard for Detroit to trade out. I think he's exactly the type of team that Dan Campbell's trying to build. Mike Tannenbaum with us, and he'll be part of our ESPN Radio draft coverage coming up later on tonight, coverage beginning at 7 on most of your ESPN Radio stations of the NFL draft. How about the wide receivers? How do you have them ranked, and do you think any of them could be overdrafted here, or do you think you know Jamar Chase, Waddle, Devontae Smith are all worthy of being taken in the top 10, top 11, top 12, the way it seems like everyone universally expects all three to go? Well, I really like Chase. I think he reminds me of a young, athletic Larry Fitzgerald, great body control. And then for me, it's Jalen Waddell. I was at the national championship game, Bob, and he played basically on one leg. He is strong. He is tough. But, boy, is he fast. He's like Tyreek Hill. Um, I would take him next. And my only concern with Devontae Smith is he's 166 pounds, and we're going to a 17-game regular season. And you have to ask yourself the question, Bob, can he withstand the rigors of an NFL season? Right, 17 games now, too. I've heard you say that multiple times, that extra game stuck on the end of the year. How much does that factor into your decision-making? Well, you know, it goes back to what I learned a generation ago from Coach Parcells, which is height, weight, and speed matters. You know, we're, it's a big man's game, and there's standards and there's standards for reasons. When guys fall outside of that, that doesn't mean they can't be successful. But, boy, you know, when you look at some of these undersized guys, like someone like Tavon Austin, who's come out recently, it's not to say that they can't have some success like Hollywood Brown of Baltimore, but I'd rather have the bigger man than the smaller man. For all my Jet fan buddies, you're obviously the old Jet general manager. They want to know what you would be thinking at 23 tonight and how the board would have to drop for you to check walk box. We know what they're going to do at two. They're taking a quarterback. They've got so many needs in so many other spots 23 and 34, what would you want to come out of, say, the first two days of the Jets draft with, if you could, with those two picks? Yeah, offensive line, for sure. You know, so maybe a guy like Sam Cosby. Um, I think Darisaw from Virginia Tech will probably be gone by then. But they're, you know, obviously you could use one, maybe two more offensive linemen. And then, you know, at running back, if you can get somebody that could, you know, be dynamic out of the backfield, like Travis Etienne of Clemson, maybe Javante Williams of North Carolina. You know, to come out of this with a quarterback, a really good offensive lineman, the way Joe Douglas drafted Mackay Beckton a year ago, and maybe a running back that can have really good receiving skills, I think that'd be a great start for the Jets. Would you trade up? I mean, you're a guy that was never shy about trading up if there was a player that you wanted to go get. So let's say like an Elijah Vera Tucker falls into the mid-teens, and you're at 23. If you really loved him, what would you be willing to give up to go get a guy like that? Or is this draft deep enough on the offensive line that you still feel like you get a good one if you sit at 23? Yeah, you know, ordinarily I would want to go up. You know, Vera Tucker is a really interesting player, Bob. But with the depth of that position and knowing that I want to get a couple other things if I can in this draft, this would probably be a year I wouldn't want to do that if I was the Jets, knowing that, hey, there's maybe three offensive linemen there in the next six spots. 
that's you know the calculus you have to make on the clock or when it's within striking distance. And my gut would be to stay put this year. What do you think the Giants do? I think it's fascinating. I think 10, 11, and 12 is really interesting, and here's why. It's Dallas, it's the Giants, and it's Philly. Right. And they, to me, have very similar needs. And I think they need a pressure player in the front seven. I think they could use another corner, even though they added a Dory Jackson. So um, we'll see somebody like Quiddy Pay from Michigan, Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. Those are two players that make a lot of sense to me. Do you miss this? I mean, do you wish you were going to be in a war room tonight? Or are you, you know, there's a lot, lot to be said for no one tomorrow is going to slam any of your picks, right? Like every pick that you make tonight's a good one on ESPN radio. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, there are some days I definitely miss it. And the camaraderie of, of being around great people. And you're very familiar with a lot of great people in that building in yep. Florham Park, New Jersey. Um, but it's been great. I've really enjoyed ESPN. It's been, um, I've learned a ton, a lot of great people. I still feel like I'm very involved. You know, I try to be very competitive about it and try to do the best job I can and, you know, have my own board and watch a lot of tape. And it's a different process, but, um, you know, I'm still really excited for tonight. Obviously, it's a different feeling, though. Yeah, and we get to still spend quality time together, though, so that's got to be a win for you. (laughs) Thanks a million for doing this. I appreciate it. All right, Bob. Appreciate it, and uh, enjoy the draft. Thanks, Mike. Well, I'll be listening tonight. I'll be, you know, I'm going to have a couple of earphones going tonight. I want to hear what they say on TV, but I'm really interested to hear what you and Barton guys on ESPN Radio say tonight. It should be fun. Thanks a lot. That is Mike Tannenbaum joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. And uh, by the way, if you missed any part of today's show, not only talking to Mike Tannenbaum, but also Greeny in the last hour, you can always find both hours of the show posted as a daily podcast available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Bob Oshusen in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Back to the phones in a sec at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. In 60 seconds after I tell you how you can celebrate moms that run the world this Mother's Day. Thank her in a big way with a beautiful bouquet of tulips from 1-800-Flowers.com. There is no better way to show her how grateful you are for everything she does. Right now at 1-800-Flowers, you can get 30 assorted tulips for $30. And one of the best things about 1-800-Flowers is how long their bouquets last. A bright mix of orange, yellow, or pink blooms, these tulips are guaranteed to show mom she is loved and appreciated. Get 30 assorted tulips for 30 bucks before prices go up. This special offer is available to our listeners. It ends tomorrow. Let me tell you, 1-800-Flowers bouquets are legit. They are guaranteed to put a smile on the face of all the moms in your life. Don't put this off. Order today from the official florist of Mother's Day, 1-800-Flowers.com. To order 30 assorted tulips for $30, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon. Enter the code GREENIE. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Code GREENIE. Again, hurry. This offer ends tomorrow. Let's squeeze in as many calls between now and the end of the show as we possibly can at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's get to Kevin in Pennsylvania. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Doing great. Good. Um, I was looking uh, in years past when you get near the end of the first round, uh, there are some teams that are always looking to trade out of the first round so they don't have that fifth-year option. Sure. Uh, who do you think might be one of those teams that might want to drop back and, and maybe even allow the Jets to move up from 34 and get an extra first round? You know, it, it's really hard to predict a team at the back end of the first round that wants to trade out without knowing, say, what like the top 20, 22 picks off the board already are. Because you could be 
whatever, Baltimore or Tampa winning the Super Bowl last year or, you know, uh, Green Bay. I mean, whoever, whoever's, you know, the, the double-digit win teams at the end of the first round. And you might have an idea that you want to trade back. That might be your intention going into draft night. But then all of a sudden, I remember Mike T talking about this the other day, um, you could be sitting there in the late teens, early 20s, and a guy who's top five, top seven on your board happens to be there, and you're just compelled to take him. So do I think there are teams that could trade back and accumulate picks? Absolutely. But picking one team and saying, oh, this is clearly the team, like Tennessee absolutely wants to trade back and get out of the first round. No, I mean, they, you know, they just lost a receiver in Corey Davis. All of a sudden, one of those receivers drops to them. They might just take him. So I think some of these teams go into draft night with an intention that turns into the opposite of what they intended before the night started. Let's go to G in Iowa joins us next year on ESPN Radio. What's up, G? Yeah, we uh, come tomorrow. We're going to spend the first two hours of talk radio projecting these five quarterbacks. So I've got a little exercise for us. Let's play the five for five. Baker's draft, five quarterbacks. Right. This year, five quarterbacks. Who's who? Right. Not just who's, who's drafted first. We know Trevor's going to be drafted first. Right. But he's not Baker. Right. He's probably more Sam Darnold. Right. And then maybe Zach Wilson is a little more Baker. Right. He's the he's the unknown quantity. Even though we knew about Baker, he was kind of the, eh, you know, what were we going to do with him? Right. But you get the idea of my exercise. One of these guys is going to be with a different team next year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean the, it, you're right. If history now, I don't think any of these guys of what I've heard about these five guys is Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen had some, you know, he's not the best guy in the world around him in that draft. I was surprised that the Cardinals made the move to go up and get him. They were seduced by the talent, got him in the building and realized this is just not a very good guy. And there's a reason Josh Rosen has. And if anybody that followed him in college football, if you would ask college football people before that draft what they thought, they absolutely would have predicted out of the five quarterbacks that year, he'd be the guy that would be bouncing from franchise to franchise. And that's exactly what happened. So I don't think any of these five guys has that cloud hanging over their head from what I've heard. All five of these guys are the kind of guys that the team that gets them, they're going to want to keep them. And if it's a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, and maybe they're a little bit more of a project, they're going to want to go through having that project on their team and develop them and have them down the road. But I get the idea that if you just play the percentages, there's no question. Five quarterbacks getting drafted in, say, the top eight picks of the draft, is one of them going to have a very disappointing NFL career? Yes. 100%. Just play the odds. It always works out that way. And that's why this is a scary job for these guys. I mean, look, this is what you sign up for. This is why you get paid millions of dollars to be an NFL general manager with your career on the line making this decision. But there is no doubt this is a little bit of a kind of close your eyes and make your best guess and throw the dart at the dartboard and hope it works out. Ryan in Illinois next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how are you, Bob? I'm doing great. So, I'm, you know, me, I'm a big Broncos fan and – um, you know, obviously we made the trade for Teddy Bridgewater, and I, a lot, I'll, unlike a lot of Broncos fans who are kind of panicking now because they're like, oh, my God, we're not going to get a shorter back. And um, I paid attention to what Adam Schefter said in his tweet when it came out that they are still in the QB trade market. No question. Um, I, like the, I, like, I, like the, I like the trade for Teddy because it makes us not have to trade up and, you know, rush to get a quarterback. If Fields is there at nine, 
I say take him. But, I mean, it allows us to take the best player available. But, anyway, I wanted to say when it comes to Teddy, um, if Fields is there at nine and we and say the Broncos pull the trigger on that, yep. could you see then them trading Drew Locke for maybe another pick during draft night? Or do you see it maybe happening after the draft? Good question. I mean, to me, Drew Locke is worth what now? A fifth-round pick? A sixth-round pick? I don't know that Drew Locke is going to be worth much of anything other than saying, all right, we drafted our quarterback in the top ten. He's our guy. Teddy Bridgewater is the veteran that will either start in front of him or be a really reliable backup, and Drew Locke is now completely expendable. The whole league knows it. They know you didn't believe in him. That's why you drafted a quarterback and also went out and got Teddy Bridgewater, so Drew Locke wouldn't be your guy, and he would be worth a late-round pick on maybe somebody that liked him when they scouted him a few years ago. But to me, that would just be moving Drew Locke off your team because there's really no place for him on your team. Triple eight, say ESPN. Triple eight, seven two nine three seven seven six. Steve, Arizona, next on ESPN Radio. Morning, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. I you got it. it. Um, just a Jets fan, just wondering if we we're, we're frustrating and wonder if we did it again. I'm watching this trade to Denver yesterday, which is an amicable trade. You didn't give up too much, sixth round. But then I'm watching it's the same people we just traded Sam Darnold to. Why could we not have reciprocated and got Teddy Bridgewater back? He is not our answer for the future. We know what it is, but we know that Zach Wilson's our answer in the future. And you still have somebody that's even uh, serviceable in the quarterback room that is a pro's pro, that's familiar with the system because he's already played in New York, right. and can come back and be the bridgeway. Why would they, you not do they that? They could have done that. I would have had no problem if they did that. Like Teddy Bridgewater is as good a guy as you would ever want to know. He is one of those guys that put him in your quarterback room, and everybody in the quarterback room is happy to have him. He's just that kind of guy. I mean, he really is a really good guy. Um, Having said that, though, if you were to trade for Teddy Bridgewater, understand at best you're trading for him for a handful of starts, and then you're turning him into the backup. I think Zach Wilson will start an opening day no matter what, but Teddy Bridgewater would not come to be like a starter for the year and have Zach Wilson sit be the Jets are drafting a quarterback with the number two pick with the intention of having that player come and play this year. And by the way, they all play. Don't listen to what any team tells you about any of these quarterbacks at the top of the first round. If the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo on the team and they take Trey Lance with the third pick and they give you some, you know, line of you know, balderdash about, well, you know, Trey Lance could sit and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be our guy. Trey Lance will play this year. Whoever the 49ers draft with the third pick in the draft, he will be on the field as a starter, I think not only at some point this year, but for the bulk of this year. If it's Mac Jones, he'll be the starter on day one. All of these guys play. There is no learning curve. There's no, like, sit behind the starter. There's no hold the clipboard. Anybody that takes a quarterback at the top of the first round, that guy plays as a rookie. No matter what lies they tell you after the draft is over, that he's going to be a, you know, tutored by a vet. No, crap. They all play. Let's go to Mark in Florida. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, hey Mark. Bob, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Hey, what do you think the, line, the chances of the Lions are getting out of this number seven? I think it all depends on what the market is for a remaining quarterback. That would be my thought. Or if somehow, some way, Kyle Pitts slid to seven, which in a million years I don't see happening. 
I mean, he seems to be the one non-quarterback that there might be some teams that would be willing to give up some serious uh, compensation to go up and get him. But to me, I think the Lions sit there and they see what happens with the quarterbacks through the first six picks. And if a couple of them are still on the board, their phone will ring. I don't see how it doesn't because there are teams behind them that desperately need one. So, yes, they could absolutely trade back. Try to squeeze in William in North Carolina next on ESPN Radio. Hey, William. Hey, man. Uh, thanks for taking my call. So, I'm a massive Colts fan uh, living here in North Carolina. A little bit weird. But uh, <laughs> my question for you, we've seen uh, Ballard make some incredible picks here the last couple of years for the GM of the Indianapolis Colts. We're in an interesting position where we have two – one or two pieces of need in a draft that's relatively deep in both tackles, offensive tackles, and defensive linemen, yep. along with potentially getting a receiver in the later rounds. Yeah, which I, one would you – if you're the – I'm, you I'm, on, helping, out, I'm helping out Carson Wentz as best I can. Thanks for the call. we got to run because the show's just about up against it here. I, yeah, I would either be looking for best offensive lineman available or looking to see if one of those receivers slipped a little bit and giving Carson Wentz – a weapon. That would be where I would go. But I, I agree with you. I think they have enough boxes that they could check. There's a variety of ways that the Colts could go. That'll do it for me. Thanks a lot to Nuno and Bubba back in uh, Bristol. I get to come back tomorrow and talk about the draft. It's coming up tonight. Enjoy it on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.